0: Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Downtown Dish, and I am your host, Julie Townsend. And uh, before we get into the program today, which is a really good program, you're going to hear a lot of great information uh, from the gals that are with me in the studio. But before I get to them, I just want to remind everyone that It is a very special weekend in downtown. We have, uh, of course, it's Labor Day weekend, but for those of you who are going to stick around with us in town, we have First Friday, which is our uh, dog days of summer, and so we'll have canine demonstrations in Munn Park and, of course, all the usual suspects of the Makers Market and the Classy Car Show and all the business exhibitors. Uh, And then we have on Saturday the opening of the Farmer's Market. So we've been closed the whole month of August because it's just too darn hot. And we are getting back into the swing of things uh, with the Farmer's Market starting uh, our 18th year. So very excited about 18 years of our downtown Farmer's curb Market uh, in the streets of downtown. Grown from just a very small uh, number of vendors that were in the Bay Street parking lot, which is now what now no bay. Uh, There's a building there. And then we moved to the state building, uh, promenade, and then expanded into the streets of downtown, which really made the market just grow exponentially. And now we're from Lemon Street all the way to Oak Street, five city blocks, about 100 vendors on average every single Saturday. So come celebrate the grand reopening of the farmer's market with us this Saturday, September 3rd. It's an eight to two uh, that's the normal hours of the farmer's market, except for summers. summer, which ends at 1, but we are back in full swing starting. So, hope to see you this weekend and hanging out with us, but before that, we want to spend the next uh, 50 minutes or so uh, speaking to these very important gals in our town. I have Danielle Drummond, who is the president and CEO of Lakeland Regional Health, and Alice Nuttall, and she is the AVP. Of the, of the Lakeland Regionals Behavioral Health uh, Center. So is that. Did I say that right, gals? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Sounded great. OK. So thank you so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. I know that there was a ledger article very recently about the Behavioral Health Center and and some other news. But, you know, not everybody reads the paper. So we want to make sure that this community gets all the information uh, in every possible way. So I really wanted to have you guys on the show so that you could, uh, you know, take this full time and tell the, the folks uh, what's happening at Lakeland Regional, the exciting news about uh, what's coming to the to the hospital and then, of course, the brand new behavioral health. So um, so, Danielle, tell us what's the exciting news
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. It's really an exciting moment, I feel, for both our organization and our community to be talking about the upcoming opening of the Harrell Family Center for Behavioral Wellness. This is going to be a much-needed addition to be able to meet the, the growing demand for behavioral health services in our community Obviously, we know that there's a lot of need for behavioral health. Uh, This need has been uh, documented and and studied for many years now, and I feel that it's just increased as we've moved through the pandemic and and come out of the pandemic. So to be able to open the doors to this 80,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility is really just going to be tremendous to help us work to be able to address that need in our community. And it really wouldn't be possible without the work of so many, um, starting with our board of directors that uh, really uh, supported the vision uh, that we had many years ago to make this significant investment in in a service line that, um, frankly, is is challenging to operate. Um, There's a lot of regulations. Uh, They seem to be um, increasing and and changing frequently. So uh, the ability to keep up with those um, has really been a challenge, but something that we'll be able to fully address in this new facility. And it's also uh, challenging financially. Uh, Reimbursement um, does not uh, keep up with the costs of operations. So with that in mind, um, I I give a tremendous amount of um, credit and I'm very thankful for the leadership of our board uh, to make this investment in the community. And then I think certainly um, the the community's willingness to step up um, and and want to um, help support uh, the work and, and help us from a fundraising perspective, obviously starting with the Harrell family and their willingness uh, to provide not just a generous donation uh, that will help to serve those that come through the doors but also to help have more of a conversation out in the community and, and help try to break the stigma that has often been associated with those uh, accessing services uh, in this area um, so again we're hopeful that This new facility will will not just meet the needs of those seeking care, but really allow us to have a more open dialogue about uh, how do we best work together and encourage those that might think that they might need help uh, to be willing to um, pursue that and to talk about it and make sure that they do get the support that they need. Um, and then of course, none of this would be possible without Alice and her team. <laughs> um, we're so fortunate that Alice joined uh, us back uh, several years ago when uh, this building was uh, really still, um, you know, in plans on paper uh, and, mm-hmm. and not started to come out of the ground yet. But, um, you know, her background and expertise uh, has really just allowed us to bring this forward. And I, I can just assure you that uh, this building is like no other um, in, in the state um, or in the country. Uh, I think that the time that was spent in the planning of the design really has allowed us to study the best practices from other behavioral health centers across the country and take those that we thought were the most important for us and then add some of our own uh, innovative ideas and suggestions to really bring something that is so unique and I really think just going to transform the way uh, that patients access behavioral health and wellness services not just here in our community but really um, helps help set the standard across the country uh, for this service line so. Um, you know, with that, I would uh, ask if Alice would want to share some of the the details about uh, what's going to be housed in this building.
2: Absolutely. I'm so grateful to be with you today. And Julie, thank you so much again. I feel like we've already started here today and over the course of the project and designing this building, the conversations around behavioral health have started to turn. And so we're really grateful. I know I'm very grateful for Danielle's support and the leadership at Lakeland Regional, our board, that we've already sort of started to try to, I feel like, modernize the approach and the concept of behavioral health and that this is just like any other medical condition. People deserve to be able to have access to really good services um, in their hometown. We Mm -hmm. know that evidence shows us That if you have access closer to home to various level of services, whether they're inpatient, outpatient, groups, telehealth, what have you, you're more likely to be able to follow through with treatment. Mm. Um, And again, it helps people that are part of your support network be involved um, if needed in various treatments. And so, again, um, we've known through multiple modes in our community for some time that there has been a gap um, and are really, you know, following up. Now, the services at Lakeland Regional Health today, we offer wonderful behavioral health care. Mm -hmm. We had just grown out of our current space, Um, you know, really years ago. I feel like that. um, And it was hard to um, bring in some of the newer programs, such as groups or things like partial hospitalization, where you may spend a lot of the day at the hospital, but you may still go home at night. Those kinds of things were hard to do in our existing space. Um, Also, the demand for outpatient services and inpatient, it's just gone up every single year and particularly. So this new space allows us to bring all of the outpatient and inpatient programs over to the new building with growth for all those areas, but then also add these new services we're really excited to begin to offer the community.
0: Well, I took a tour uh, and it's an amazing facility. And it was funny because you addressed this when we were on the tour about, um, you know, it being one story. Because when I drove up, I was like, huh, it's only one story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. of course, it makes perfect sense. I'm sure you'll yes. tell us, you know, more about why that is. And it, all of the safety features and the 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 design, uh, the thought and processes that went into it for safety of the patients, which is very, very interesting. I just I know it's hard to maybe explain that over the radio, but because we were there looking at it in person. But it was just really, really interesting. So totally um, hope that that I guess, are you guys giving additional tours to folks other than just, you know, specific groups or is there any other way for other folks in the general public to see it well
2: it's a good question because i feel like it's very rare that you have a kind of behind the scenes tour facility like this because we care for such special and vulnerable Mm -hmm. people in that space and we do so much to protect privacy and confidentiality so we kind of have this you know sort of small window um, where we're just you know really a short way away from actually occupying it with our uh, patients Um, so at this time we're not offering open tours Um, But we have had, um, you know, the ledger article, we've had some other, um, you know, media come in and actually go on the tours with us um, to, you know, share some images. And um, stories, and I feel like this space really does, um, there's a lot of things, again, I'll I'll be happy to share a little bit more with you here um, today, but um, it's really remarkable how special of a space it is, and we're proud that that's actually one of the most important treatment modalities we have, it's the building, it's the space, it's the fact we have access to natural light, access to the outdoors. We have spaces that promote gathering, uh, promote collaboration amongst, you know, individuals uh, to break down silos, you know, bring people together to discuss things and hopefully, you know, help the team also feel really supported. These are – I can't tell you – you know the thing. One of the things that really drives me, other than just helping people in the community that are in crisis and that need, you know, evidence-based care, it's also the remarkable team that shows up every yeah. day to do this kind of work. They're tremendous human beings. Yeah. and well, um, we just find we've got to go to a break. I'm okay. sorry. Yes. I know.
0: I, I love hearing all of this information, but we do have to go to break. And um, when we come back, we'll continue with Alice and Danielle. And we're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend, and my guests today are Danielle Drummond, President and CEO of Lakeland Regional Health, and Alice Nuttall, the AVP of the Behavioral Health for Lakeland Regional Health. So thank you both for being with me. Thank you for having us. So, Lakeland, just before the break, we were talking about the, the design elements of the new facility. And I know that, um, obviously, it's a brand new facility. It has a lot of uh Things that are different and better about it than what your current facilities are. So Danielle, kind of what what how does that differ now from from what you're what you've experienced all these years in the past?
1: Yes, uh, certainly we had an opportunity to provide much better space, uh, not just for our, our care team to work within, mm-hmm. but to also ensure that we're providing a healing environment for patients that come to us for these behavioral health services. Uh, Our current hospital is licensed for 68 beds. Uh, That's uh, spread across uh, three units that we have um, in the facility today, Uh, one uh, for adults, uh, one for adolescents, and then one is a specialty care area. Um, and unfortunately, uh, those are located in uh, some of the oldest uh, parts of the hospital, <laughs> um, the historic district. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> to refer
0: to I know about those, yeah. yes.
1: Uh, so, as such, it, it has been difficult. Uh, I mentioned um, increasing uh, regulations and requirements from a physical space, again, to ensure that we're providing the best possible care, uh, but also the safest uh, possible environment for these patients. So, um, as such, as we studied um, options within our existing four walls, so there just wasn't a space that made sense for that. In addition, uh, two of those patient populations that I mentioned um, are located up on the seventh floor of our mm. hospital. So unfortunately, they don't have access to the outdoors. And we know, mm. uh, particularly in this service line, having access uh, to the outside and really um, being, being able to provide that to our patients on a regular basis is critical and it's just very difficult for this patient population to have them on an upper floor in the hospital and be able to safely um, and effectively get them outdoors. So this new building was designed with that in mind. Uh, that is one of the reasons that it's a, a one-story building. Right. Um, if you drive by, it's a little deceiving when you pass by. It looks just like a small office building. It you does. don't realize That's why, yeah, yeah. yeah that it's 80,000 square feet. That was a, a frequent comment I think we heard <laughs> <laughs> during some of the tours as well. This really just keeps going and going. But um, uh, we tried to uh, design it again with a uh, growth in mind so the, the new facility will have 96 licensed inpatient beds um, in addition to a vastly expanded space for uh, outpatient services and, and treatments. So. By having all of these services under one roof, we really will gain a lot of efficiencies too in the care that we're able to provide, which um, will be a, a large satisfier for both our patients, but also uh, for for the care team uh, that Alice works so closely with every day.
0: So, Alice, you were kind of telling us a little bit about the design elements. So, you expand on that, since we we had to cut you off and go to break. So, tell us tell us some more about that.
2: Absolutely. So um, one of the things that's very special about behavioral health is often you have patients that are going through challenges and struggles, their anxieties are high. um, And also they may be having um, irrational thoughts at the time Mm. of admission that with some treatment and care can be resolved. But in those moments, you want to make sure that they're in an environment that's very safe. So it takes away all of the risk, if you will, of any kind of inadvertent like self-harm. But one of the things is that historically, when buildings have been built with that in mind, they took out beautiful features, (laughs) things like art, color, Mm. nature. And that was something that we talked about over and over again with our architects, our engineers, our designers, was that we need to use certain types of hardware, like on the doors, window frames that has an extra layer of safety than Mm. you may see in a typical medical room or even medical office building. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we have those elements that also make it really nurturing, somewhere that feels welcoming. Again. Our average length of stay right now is a little less than a week Mm. for um, your average adult or youth um, adolescent patient. Um, Older adults sometimes will stay, you know, a little over seven days um, if they're over the age of 65 and have a little bit more going on for them medically. But they're not there for an exorbitant amount of time. It's really to just help stabilize someone and then be able to get them established with a really good outpatient plan. But those moments that they're with us are really critical to building trust and helping mm-hmm. them get on the right path. So we're grateful to do that. Also, in addition to where they sleep, where they eat, the groups are really important. That's something that's very special about behavioral health care. That's something you don't get when you're at a, you know an, another hospital that may be caring for other types of illnesses or issues. And so spaces that allow for creativity in activities, Groups, um, small groups, large groups, activity outside, um, being able to actually move your body through stretching, exercise, um, and in age-appropriate ways, mm-hmm. being able to have games with our kids. And we care for children on the inpatient side down to the age of 10. So between 10 and 17, we have these great courtyards that they can go out in several um times a day, you know, whether to have a lunch, a quick break, we can have a group out there or a class. Um, We also have an indoor activity area that's almost like a gym, if you will. Mm. It's kind of a a nice big open room that's perfect um, because it's really flexible. We can have small groups in there, large groups, you know, education things. People can just move around if it's it's hot, if it's raining, if it's, you know, in the evening time. Um, So to have those type of spaces, That allows our team to use all of their skills in their toolbox to really help patients improve and get better. The other thing that we're really proud of is something called the Interventional Psychiatry Suite. Mm. So this is an area where we do treatments that um, involve um, technologies like ECT, electric convulsive therapy, or TMS, transmagnetic stimulation. Um, some people, you know, may have heard of ECT before or kind of say, oh, gosh, I've seen a movie where that's a little scary <laughs> or what have you. But I'll tell you, it's actually um, the way we do it today. It's very um, painless. It's very, um, you know, it's pretty quick. Um, and it's very, very effective for people who have not been able to um, move past their depression with mm-hmm. your more standard medications and talk therapies. It can truly revolutionize and improve someone's life. Um Again, we have this really special dedicated space we've designed specifically for ECT. And even the best uh, where I did my training at Vanderbilt University, um, you know, even in those type of big academic facilities and medical centers, ECT is happening, you know, in the back kind of corner basement, you know, <laughs> pack you space with no windows oh, down this no. long hallway. right? Right? So, and these patients come to us several times a week. Mm. And so you develop a relationship with your treatment team. You're there, you know, at minimum three days a week. So to be able to have a space that's really beautiful, has its own windows, And is dedicated for that, allows us also to grow the number of people we're able to serve. Right. Um, Again, we've been doing these services today, but we've been doing them in spaces that have been shared with other service lines that have also had demands with patients that are needing to get in for scopes or various types of, you know, same day surgery procedures, those kinds of things. So we're so very excited to be able to bring that to the community in a sophisticated, um, neat way.
0: Yeah, uh, how, the design is sounds amazing for the patients, but how important is that for you, for staff as well? Oh, I mean, tremendous. And
2: again, this is coming from, as an individual, um, I've worked in behavioral health now over 20 years, and I've never had an office that even had new furniture in it, ever. <laughs> and this is long before Lakeland oh, no. Regional. Um, but you just, again, why you wake up every day and what right. your internal drive to help, it, that it's not your space. However, if you feel... Um, that your community has made an investment and a priority mm-hmm. in a space like this. It just pulls something out of you in order to be able to give more of
0: yourself. So yeah, absolutely. We're I really mean, happy. So recruiting for, if you have more beds and obviously you needed yes. more staff, correct? Absolutely, okay. yes. No, and I mean, the four walls and design
2: of that have been one of the things that, you know, I personally, you know, along with the support of our team have been really focused on the last several years, but the other thing has been building the team. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll be able to share with you a little bit more about the ways um, the different types of people that we've recruited to the health system and into the
0: community in order to continue to grow access and provide these services. And then so when we come back we'll talk about the team but we'll talk about maybe the the changes at Lakeland Regional Health overall about how we might have lots more team members (laughs) coming right yeah so we'll stick stick around we'll be right back with Alice and Danielle after the break. always good music. Thank you, Tim, for that. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And with me is Danielle Drummond, President and CEO of Lakeland Regional Health. And of course, also Alice Natal, the AVP of Behavioral Health for Lakeland Regional Health. So thank you, ladies, for being with me. We're talking about all the changes and Uh, New buildings and new programs that are happening uh, right here at our hometown Lakeland Regional Health uh, Hospital, which is... What I think the second busiest emergency room in the country, Danielle, you That's said right. the other yes, day, and not the
1: county. Right. I, the I, I
0: remember you saying that people were like, "Oh, you mean county?" No, we mean the country, which blows my mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it really is incredible. I don't think a lot of people would think that the second busiest emergency department in the country is located in in Lakeland, Florida. But again, it speaks to not only the wonderful care that our team provides and the fact that we're the only trauma center in the county, but uh, it also speaks to unmet need in mm-hmm. our community uh, for access to primary care services and other types of settings for some chronic conditions uh, that we're uh, working to address, um, yeah. given some of our um, big initiatives that we have underway right now.
0: So speaking of big initiatives, mm-hmm. tell us what those are. We got a drum roll, no, no <laughs> drum roll, sorry, go ahead. It's all, everyone knows. I mean, we—if you, if you're paying attention in the community, hopefully you do know this already, but if it is a big shock to you, then get ready. Yes. Here it is. <laughs>
1: Really exciting news. Yes. I think in addition to uh, getting ready to open the doors uh, to this new uh, behavioral health center, uh, we also are uh, less than a year away uh, from launching a graduate medical education program uh, here at Lakeland Regional Health, which will bring uh, physicians in training uh, to our facility. Uh, Residency is what you pursue after you graduate from medical school. Uh, and our plans uh, involve uh, eight different programs uh, that we'll begin building next summer uh, with uh, the objective to get close to 200 residents in total um, over the next five years. So uh, we think that this is really going to be just a huge transformation, uh, not just, again, for our organization, uh, but for the community. Uh, So to give a little bit of background of why we're embarking on this, and again, this uh, ties back um, to what we were just Speaking Mm -hmm. of with respect to the emergency department volumes, but um, there's really four reasons uh, that we um, feel that this is an important thing to pursue. The first is we think that we're the largest hospital in the country that doesn't currently teach residents Mm. today. So as such, we know with our size, the volume of patients that come through our doors, the various uh, types of conditions that we treat. Uh, we don't feel like we're doing our part to mm. give back to the next generation of physicians uh, by not having them as a part of our environment. And um, I feel that we're really ready for it culturally. It's something we've been planning for years and years at this point, And I think everyone is just so excited uh, for the um, ability to to have these residents in our environment. Uh, The second reason is we also feel as though uh, it's going to allow us to continue to advance our Mm -hmm. improvement from a a quality, the introduction of these additional members of the care team to help us um, as we care for patients, the research and the education that goes along with it. Uh, I like to say, you know, if you were to look at the best hospitals in America, those are all teaching hospitals. So we think this will really support our journey um, as we work to continuously improve uh, the work that we do each and every day. Um, the third uh, is is access. So again, we talked about the fact that we do have the second busiest emergency department. We know there's a lot of individuals in our community and often it's those that are uh, underinsured or uninsured that do have trouble finding access to primary care for some chronic conditions. So as such, they may end up using the emergency department for things that they would be better right. served uh, in, a, in a different uh, practice setting. So as a part of their training, uh, these residents will have practices set up out in the community um, and be able to see uh, patients in that setting, which again, we are um, feeling will be very helpful uh, to that end, Um, and I can talk in a few minutes about um, how we see that rolling out in the community. Uh, and then the fourth reason uh, that we uh, feel this is important for us is that uh, we're hopeful that during their time with us, uh, the residents will get to know and love our organization and our community as much as we do uh, and want to stay in practice mm-hmm. here uh, and pursue their career, um, You know, be it as a part of the Lakeland Regional Health Physician Group or the Watson Clinic or any of the local independent physician practices that may be looking uh, to bring them on board. So uh, we we feel that this will also serve as, as a great uh, pipeline mm-hmm. uh, and feeder to a number of our programs. Um, one of which is psychiatry. So um, mm-hmm. of the eight programs we have um, in, in the works, um, five have already ac- received their formal accreditation and approval to move forward. So one of the things we're really excited about, is you might imagine, opening um, a, a new 96-bed um, behavioral health facility is going to require not just a lot of additional team members uh, from a nursing and, and support perspective, but also a number of providers uh, to make sure we can meet those patient needs. So by having a psychiatry residency program, Those uh, physicians in training uh, will be housed in our new center, uh, be able to practice alongside um, our our current uh, physicians Mm -hmm. and uh, really be able to experience all of the things that go along with that. And then again, uh, we're hopeful that they'll choose to to stay in, in this area. Um, The other programs uh, that we're pursuing uh, that, um, again, have received their uh, accreditation in addition uh, to psychiatry is um, our our general surgery program. So, we will have general surgeons uh, that will be here in training. Um, Internal medicine. Um, Internal medicine uh, will be housed in a building right across the street from the hospital. So, again, that will be an access point um, that um, exists today in the way of our Family Health Center. But by having the internal medicine residency practice there we will really increase the access Mm -hmm. and our ability to serve patients uh, in our community. Uh, In addition, uh, we'll have a surgical critical care fellowship and we will also have a transitional year which is a um, base clinical year for those residents that would be interested in pursuing other specialties uh, that will have the opportunity to to spend time uh, within our uh, four walls and get to know our organization. Um, And then over time, um, as I mentioned, we have plans uh, for three more residencies to come online which again we're really hopeful will allow us to continue to meet the the growing needs of of our community. In addition to the, the medical benefit uh, for these individuals, um, I'm really excited about having uh, this uh, you know new group of uh, residents mm-hmm. and their families uh, joining right. us here in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they will find it a wonderful place to, to live and you know have access to just so many great amenities uh, that we've seen continue to grow uh, here locally. So I think it's gonna be a huge win, not just for accessing medical care in our community, right. but also for so many businesses that are located here in the residents of our area as well to have these new individuals joining
0: us. Yeah, I mean that's the ultimate high skill high wage that we all are talking about, right? Yes. So definitely <laughs> yeah. want definitely want uh, this program uh, to to bring us lots of new new families and and new lakelanders who are going to love the community as much as we do. Just just because I don't really know why what you said that you wanted the, the You guys have talked about being a teaching hospital for a long time, and I feel like years ago when polytechnic was kind of a thing and and they were talking about, well, some affiliation with USF and the hospital and that sort of fell away. Um, Is it just you have to have permission? You have to get state permission to do it and they have to evaluate each one of your programs to see if you're good enough to be a teaching hospital is that how it works basically
1: so um, the kind of overall approval and, and funding comes from the, the federal government okay. so um, something that works through um, the way that we're reimbursed um, from from CMS as it relates to the funding for the residents but then yes there's an accrediting body called the ACGME that mm-hmm. really uh, makes sure that we as an organization are well suited to be able uh, to, to, to have residents yeah. here and then for each program that we look to pursue um, e- each of those is well requires that um accreditation it's a very stringent process and i'm sure we've hired a lot of experts to make sure (laughs) we're doing it exceptionally well so
0: each each line the practice i guess it has to be evaluated individually and they say yay or nay on whether that's you're up to snuff i guess on that particular um Service so that's very interesting. That's right. so. I'll say
2: too as a service line leader over behavioral health um, Just as an example for instance one of the things here We're building this great project this wonderful building and we know that we need people of a high caliber right mm-hmm. in order to run the service by us launching this investment in behavioral health and the GME program at the same time, I can undoubtedly say that the type of faculty and the physicians that we now have in place for our behavioral health team alone, it's an incredible caliber. I can't even share, like for instance, we have eight double-boarded child and adolescent fellowship trained psychiatrists. That's very rare for one system to have mm-hmm. that many specialized providers. And again, the level our psychologists and that kind of stuff. So I'm so grateful for the draw. Had even for the faculty and staff of a
0: residency program of this nature. So, you guys have, you're, are you fully staffed? Do you feel like yet? At yes. Yeah, so yes. you're fully Very staffed. And happy so, you're that. just waiting on regulatory mm-hmm. OKs from, you know, all the big powerful people that have to tell you you can open your doors. That's and then, it. then you have to move everyone over that is mm-hmm. currently. Uh, a patient. I mean, you said no one stays really more than a week. But do you you be moving physically moving patients over? Yes, yes. We have detailed <laughs> yeah. transition and moving plans. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we will take one more break and then we'll be back to continue our conversation with Danielle and Alice. Stick with us. We're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And we are finishing up our hour uh, of, of chatting with Danielle Drummond and Alice Nuttall. They are with Lakeland Regional Health. And uh, Alice is the AVP of, Behavioral, AV, AVP of uh, Behavioral Health at Lakeland Regional. I just totally messed that up. But that's all right. Live radio. What are you going to do? Um, so, gals, you guys were just talking about um, the facility and we, you know, trying to describe this amazing facility over the radio, uh, but you've done a great job of doing that. And of course, you said that you've had folks that have come out and taken photos with the ledger and other other things, so people can certainly go find some of that. Um, But it goes beyond the four walls. You were kind of talking over the break, so tell us about how the services that, you're expanding the services in your actual facility, but really, you can expand it even further than that.
2: Absolutely, and one of the things, one of the reasons why I'm so proud to be a part of Lakeland Regional Health is that it's our mission to take care of the whole Person um, wherever that patient may enter our system, so whether it's urgent care, emergency room, one of our specialties, or our primary care offices, we want behavioral health to be accessible to that individual in some way. And so that's really been on our mind about how can we make sure to meet those patients where they are. In addition, we have such a very busy emergency room. We have so many medical beds. We deliver babies. We care for women. We care for children. Mm-hmm. All of those human beings have needs and emotional um, concerns at times. We know. One in five individuals in our county today have a mental health concern that they may not at this point be getting help or care for. Mm. So that person may also have an appendix that needs issue or, you know, what have you. So we um, have amazing team members that are really kind of staying back, if you will, within the medical center to make sure that we have really robust wraparound services for medical patients. We're continuing to look at expanding and growing out into our other specialties um, around the city The other thing that's so cool about my team and my specialty, though, is that we can do what we do without being in person. Um, The use of telehealth really just exploded throughout the pandemic and um, has made behavioral health even more accessible than it was prior. The other thing that I would like, you know, again, your listeners um, to realize today is that sometimes even if someone is even considering talking to someone for a first visit, but they may be kind of nervous. And even though our building is gorgeous, welcoming, (laughs) you know, again, I just would hope anybody would feel comfortable coming, bringing their neighbor, their wife, their child to our center, you can just as easily call, have Mm -hmm. a very simple phone call, set up an evaluation, and do it right from your smartphone or your laptop, iPad, what have you, um, in a very easy, seamless way without even having to leave your home or Mm -hmm. leaving your work. You can go sit in your car on your lunch break. Um, Again, that is something that For us, the real growth, I mean, the horizon is the limit. Um, We will continue to add outpatient providers that can meet and talk with people to help them with conditions, um, you know, to meet that demand. So very excited about that. In addition to just the clinical volume and and caring and treating for our patients in the community, Lakeland Regional Health has really made it our mission to be a champion of behavioral health in our county and in our region. I'm really proud of some of the advocacy of me and my team um, in Programs like Polk Vision, um, you know, with the County Health Department, the Baker Act Marchman Act Group, Circuit 10. There's these organizations that are really looking at good overall behavioral health initiatives to help bring together some of the agencies that work, schools, Mm -hmm. law enforcement the faith community, um, those type of organizations. I feel really excited about some of those conversations that are happening right now in Lakeland, all of the municipalities in Polk County. And um, we're at Lakeland Regional Health just excited about that. It's the right time, I feel like, um, for us to not just turn the page and have a new chapter of behavioral health um, at our facility and within our organization,
0: but also across our county. Well, we're very excited to have this facility in our in our city and i know that um we're just as excited to have the teaching hospital i think these are amazing uh, additions that not only are going to help our community but um you know as you said we're second most busy uh, busiest hospital or emergency room in the country so do you feel like folks are coming Obviously, are folks coming to Lakeland Regional now far and wide, much further than um, than just the, the borders of our county?
1: Yes, I think um, we certainly draw from all across. Polk County. And I think Mm -hmm. we've seen in certain services uh, that we've uh, seen an increase um, across uh, individuals uh, coming to Lakeland Regional Health across Polk County. In addition, uh, we have patients that come to us from the eastern side of Hillsborough County as well. So um, also working to make sure that we can meet the needs um, there. So as an example, uh, we recently opened a physician practice within the Lakeland Regional Health Physician Group in Plant City uh, Mm. that offers primary care services for adults, general pediatrics for children, uh, rheumatology, and other specialty services are available there as well Um, you know really a part of our strategy is to you know have convenient high quality access to healthcare close to home we know that people want to have convenience and we want to make sure that we're working to meet patients where they are Uh, obviously for some of the higher end services uh, you know we'll house those at the medical center but for things that can be uh, performed out in the community we're really working to try and grow and expand to meet those needs.
0: So, what are some of those expansion projects that are on the horizon you've got going?
1: Yes, um, you know. So, in addition to um, some of the new practice locations uh, that we've opened this past year, uh, we have. Um, A a pretty significant construction project underway. Uh, If you pass by uh, the I-4 Kathleen Road uh, uh, intersection there, you'll see um, that there's a construction activity uh, ongoing, and uh, that is going to be a new ambulatory facility uh, that will house uh, actually some of those uh, medical residents in in training that I talked about earlier um, on the first floor. So uh, we're really excited uh, to be progressing on that. Uh, The second floor will house a number of specialty services. So again, as we continue to evaluate um, where there might be a need for specialists in the community, either in a, a specialty where um, there's not enough providers today, or perhaps it takes, you know, weeks or months to get an appointment that mm-hmm. says to us that we need to um, be able to add and expand there. So we think that location will serve us very well, obviously um, being right off of the interstate, um, off of the Kathleen Road um, exit. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, the North Lakeland uh, part of town is is growing. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, we have a good presence there. Uh, the nice thing is that's a, that's a large campus. Uh, it's 20 acres in total. So we'll be able to grow and expand um, at that site over time as well. So um, I see this as sort of phase one uh, Mm -hmm. of what we can offer there. Uh, We're talking about, um, you know, expansion of um, emergency services. So again, tying back to the fact that we are one of the busiest emergency departments in the country, um, how can we make access to those, um, you know, great ER services that we provide on our main campus today uh, more easily accessible for those out in the community. So um, the I4 Kathleen uh, location is one uh, that is um, currently, um, you know, under discussion from planning perspective. Uh, In addition, uh, we do have um, a parcel of property on South Florida Avenue under contract. Uh, In addition to uh, property that we purchased some time ago um, down in Bartow um, that is a 100-acre parcel, uh, both of those locations as well uh, are under uh, planning for a potential expansion of not just emergency services Mm -hmm. out into uh, those locations but additional um, specialty services and ambulatory uh, services that we feel are, are needed in the community.
0: Well, that is great. I know we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you a quick question because this, this has been several years now, but you have the children's ER. Which, is that something that you typically see in other hospitals, or is that unique for us?
1: It's very unique. It was actually something, as we were designing the Carol Jenkins Barnett Pavilion for Women and Children, we had the idea of, you know, it would really be nice to be able to have children have a dedicated space outside of that really busy emergency department. And um, it's just been so well-received. Going back to my earlier comments, uh, when we look at, you know, what's been growing the most Mm -hmm. over the last several years the the pediatric emergency department definitely stands out we're drawing children in from a much broader uh, area than we had in the past and I think it's because that uh, facility is not only um, so welcoming and I think calming for patients and their families um, but the care team that works there is just absolutely outstanding and I think having them in their own dedicated space has just been a home run for for children and their families
0: it has and I'll tell you I I my youngest was is now nineteen, but before he turned nineteen, <laughs> he tore uh, his AC, he tore his Achilles uh, in a basketball uh, game, and it was so nice to be able to go there. Uh, I was like, "Oh, we just made it! Yes, just yeah. made it. He must have been seventeen at the time, obviously, because <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't turn but he didn't turn eighteen yet. And I was like, "Oh, this is such a beautiful still," and it was just so calm and very quick service. And so I, I appreciate that. I think um, you guys, overall, all of you are doing a magnificent job in the community. Thank you so much. I know we're out of time. We probably have lots more we could talk about, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate you coming on and sharing you. Uh, the new changes that are happening and the new uh, facilities. And um, uh, stick with us next week. We've got another great show on next Tuesday. So thanks for joining us for Downtown Dish.